Cool. So um, I'm going to talk about potassium now because, again, I do not want to put all of these electrolytes into one long, crazy episode thing. So I'm going to talk about potassium now. Um, so potassium is mostly in the intracellular fluid. The normal values, according to the book that we're using, is 3.5 to 5.0. Foods that are high in potassium would be some meats, fish, veggies, and fruits. And foods that are low would be eggs, bread, cereal. There's definitely tons more, but I do not have time to write all these down. Um, and normally, a human being will have about 2 to 20 grams per day. Uh, what controls potassium? So there's the sodium-potassium pump. And sodium goes from the intracellular fluid to the extracellular fluid. Um, and then the potassium will go from the extracellular fluid to the intracellular fluid. So they kind of work together to make sure that everything's balanced inside and out of the cell. Uh, and it is removed by the kidneys. So we're going to talk about hypokalemia first and then hyperkalemia next or after. Hypokalemia is when the value is 3.5 and it reduces cell excitability and cells become less responsive. Causes of this would be diuretics, digitalis-like drugs, corticosteroids, increased secretion of aldosterone, uh, diarrhea and vomiting, prolonged NG tube suction, NPO status, diaphoresis by heat. And other relative causes would be alkalosis, hyperinsulinism, hyperalimentation, uh, TPN, total parenteral yeah, nutrition, uh, water intoxication, IV therapy with potassium, poor solutions. Okay. That's a whole list. You don't. You probably should know all of it, but that's the list. And why does it happen? So there's not enough potassium intake, and potassium could be excreted too much, like in diarrhea and vomiting. Okay. So what do we do for the assessment? We're going to look at age because as you get older, urine concentration will get funky and potassium gets lost. Um, we're going to look at the drugs that the patient may be taking, so diuretics, maybe um, getting rid of potassium, corticosteroids, beta-adrenergic agonists or antagonists. Is this patient taking a digoxin or DIG, as some people, I guess, say? Uh, so uh, hypokalemia will cause dig digoxin toxicity. Um, it's, there's also an issue, too, when you have hyperkalemia and you're taking digoxin. Um, so it just like potentiates the effects of this medication. So it's always good to ask and look at the medications and reconcile medications because you don't want to screw anything up for this patient. We're also going to ask about diet or potassium supplements. Uh, and if, yeah, so basically, yeah. <laughs> and we'll also ask about health history. Uh, as far as a physical assessment goes for respirations, um, they may have respiratory muscle weakness, shallow respirations, or respiratory insufficiency. 
Uh, musculoskeletal issues would be like muscle weakness, uh, hand grasps, a weak hand grasps, and uh, decreased deep tendon reflexes. Cardiovascular uh, issues will have peripheral pulses would be thready and weak. Um, the pulse would be very slow or very too very rapid. So it can be very slow or rapid, which is also an annoying thing about these symptoms. Um, and they may have orthostatic hypotension. Neuro, um, they may have altered mental status. They might be irritable, anxious, and lethargic. So they may have go from confusion to a coma. And intestinal changes would be uh, reduction in GI smooth muscle. So that means decreased peristalsis. So that, that's the contractions that are that's moving everything through. Yeah, so you may have nausea, vomiting, constipation. Uh, and paralytic ileus. So if that's going to be anything, any videos I've watched, any notes I've written, or any books I've read, I think that's probably important because they always emphasize that. Um, and for labs and EKGs, so we'll check labs, of course, electrolytes, and then we will uh, see changes in EKG for hypokalemia. So remember, hypokalemia will have ST segment depression, flat inverted T waves, T waves, T waves, and increased U waves. So I'm kind of, as I'm looking through my notes right now, it just kind of looks like everything goes down. Like muscle stuff goes down. Cardiovascular stuff is low. Neuro is low. Intestinal stuff is low. Like everything's low. So in hypokalemia, everything kind of looks low. And even the EKG, everything looks low except for those little U waves. So yeah. That might be a good hint to remember. Uh, interventions. So we'll make sure that there's good gas exchange. We're going to prevent any falls. We're going to check responses to therapy. Of course, with the assessment stuff I just mentioned, keep it tra keeping track of all that and promoting patient safety uh, would be good. Uh, monitoring EKGs, making sure that there is uh, IV access um, and do not try to overdose this patient on potassium. Um, so for drug therapy, we would look at um, supplementation for potassium. And I have a question for you guys, if I decide to post this to other human beings. Uh, is it okay to push potassium? The answer to that would be no, because it affects the heart. So if you're going to have so much potassium, you're going to like really screw up that heart and you can cause cardiac arrest and not fun things okay um you want to always check and recheck um potassium if you're infusing it if they're getting supplementation if they're getting labs you want to make sure that the potassium is in a good uh, level um so the max infusion based on our book of course it's different for every book um it's five to ten milliequivalents per hour and you're never going to do more than 20 milliequivalents per hour because um, it's very dangerous. So don't do it. Uh, potassium also irritates tissues. Um, it can be taken orally. I've seen patients that are taking potassium supplements. Um, do not take it. No, not, not potassium. It says do not take 
potassium chloride on an empty stomach because it can cause nausea and vomiting. Also, uh, diuretic therapy will reduce um, potassium. So if they're taking diuretics, they might need to switch to something else. Um, like, yeah, yeah. So there would be furosemide, Lasix, Bumetadine, Bumex, or Bunex. I can't read my own writing. And a thiazide diuretic. So those, like say a patient's already taking those. They have hyponatrem... No, no, no. Hypokalemia. Sorry. Um, so they might discontinue these and switch them to a potassium sparing diuretic, which would be spironolactone or aldactone, um, triamterene or direnium, and amyloride or mildemore. And I wrote here because our book doesn't say anything about the meds. It just kind of puts them there and says this is what they are. But I like to put some side effects because sometimes when you're in clinical, your clinical instructor or whatever nurse you're following is going to say, oh, what's the side effect? And all that, I don't know, nausea, vomiting. So, um, which is usually safe, but I wouldn't, I would never recommend guessing. So here I put some side effects. So for spironolactone, uh, you might get hyperkalemia. So remember, you have hypokalemia. And then you're using this medication to raise your potassium. So then your potassium levels will go up. And then they could go up so much that it causes hyperkalemia. Um, so that's always going to be like some type of side effect. Uh, a severe one would be Steven Johnson syndrome. And another one is agranulocytosis. Uh, for triamterene, uh, another one would be hyperkalemia and dizziness. And then for amyloride, it would be hyperkalemia and dizziness. And you can always look up the other side effects for these medications because, again, I'm not going to list every single one here. Um, and then what do we do when we have hypokalemia and we need to fix it? So we might change nutrition. So we have to manage the potassium intake um, for this patient. Because they're obviously either not getting enough or they're getting rid of so much. So nutrition is a priority too. Um, I say I'm a lot. Okay, so respirations. We're going to check respiratory ease. We're going to check um, if there's any cyanosis. If the patient has like a you know severe hypokalemia, they might need uh, ABGs or you might want to check those depending on whatever they're in for. Uh, also check for hypoxemia, so that is low oxygen in the blood, and hypercapnia, which is high CO2 in the blood or in the tissues, but it's a lot of CO2 somewhere. Okay, so that's all I have for hypokalemia. And now I will talk about hyperkalemia. So, uh... It happens when the serum potassium level is greater than 5.0. We're going to remember again that the normal range is 3.5 to 5.0. Uh, so when potassium gets high, everything kind of gets increased. So remember I said for hypokalemia, everything seems to get a bit low. For hyperkalemia, everything kind of gets a bit high. Um, so when there is a lot of extracellular potassium, problems get worse. 
and it gets pretty severe at six to seven milliequivalents um, per deciliter, liter, deciliter, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and if you have good kidneys, you should be good on potassium. So the causes of potassium in excess would be increased potassium intake or salt substitutes, sodium chloride, having blood transfusions, kidney failure, uh, potassium sparing diuretics, and ACEs, which is angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors. And other relative um, causes for potassium would be tissue damage, uh, acidosis, uh, uncontrolled diabetic, diabetes, sorry, and hyperuricemia. And I put here, because I like to question myself as I'm writing my notes, I'm like, why acidosis? And I was like, the idea is that you have these H plus ions in blood, so K plus will leave the inside of the cells in order to bring H plus ions. So they kind of switch out, like they kind of trade places, I guess. Because that, I guess, bothered me when I took these notes. Um, and for assessment, we will look at age, because as we age, kidney function will decrease. We'll also check if there's surgical or medical history that would affect potassium. We will ask about their medications, especially if they are taking potassium-sparing diuretics. And we will ask if there's any heart conditions that they're aware of or if they've had, if they noticed anything funky with their heart, like palpitations. Um, cardiovascular issues are, would be the most severe thing to worry about. Um, so you may have bradycardia, hypotension, uh, or those are the most severe symptoms. And uh, EKG, you'll have increased T waves. You'll have a long PR interval. Um, with flat or absent P waves, and wide QRS complex. Um, you may have a complete heart block, ventricular fibrillation, or asystole. As far as uh, neuromuscular stuff goes, there might be early muscle twitches, tingling, and burning uh, sensations. And when it worsens, there would be increased muscle weakness, flaccid paralysis in the arms, arms and then legs, I think. And intestinal would be increased GI motility. There would be diarrhea. And for labs, you would check BUN, so that's blood, urea, nitrogen, and creatinine. And uh, there would be a decrease in pH, which would mean it'd be more acidic. Um, also, we would uh, start working on intervention. So let's start talking about those. So uh, we want to lower the potassium levels. We want to do the opposite of whatever the patient has. We want to make sure this patient has no heart complications because that would be dreadful. So let's not do it. Uh, drug therapy that would be given to a patient would be um, pateromir or Viltasa. Pateromer or Veltasa, it binds with potassium in the GI tract and it decreases absorption. And side effects that I, I found here it says hypokalemia, <laughs> hypomagnesemia, constipation, or diarrhea. Uh, you want to stop 
giving IV potassium and supplements if they, the patient does have them. And you want to stop um, or you want to increase potassium excreting diuretics. So if they're on a potassium sparing, the doctor might want to switch them to like Lasix or another diuretic. Um, sometimes insulin would be used because I wrote here that insulin would increase the activity of sodium potassium pumps. Um, IV fluids with glucose um, along with insulin would be given to the patient. You don't want to give insulin to a patient without giving them glucose because it'll screw them up and they will become hypoglycemic. So that's why they give sodium, not sodium, sorry, they give glucose with insulin um, infusion. So I put here there's 100 milliliters with 10 to 20 percent glucose with 10 to 20 units of insulin. That's what the book said. Um, we're going to make sure that we're checking their cardiac status, the ECGs, the uh, if there's any signs of dysrhythmia. We're going to teach health stuff like about foods that are okay to eat um, and to stop or avoid salt substitutes. Uh, things with high potassium would be like bananas, cantaloupes, kiwis, avocados, mushroom, spinach, organ meats, and dairy, and low sources of potassium would be eggs, butter, bread, apples, grapefruit, peach, pineapple, cauliflower, uh, eggplant, pepper, squash, and of course there's a whole bunch more. Um, and I put a question here. I was kind of hoping I can add questions at the end of whenever I record, but that took too much time, but maybe I'll find questions from other sources like Evolve or Saunders or like on the internet and if they have anything to do with this then I'll post them. So the only question I wrote here is um, a client is receiving an IV infusion of 1000 milliliters of normal saline with 40 milliequivalents of so potassium chloride. The care unit the yeah, care unit nurse is monitoring the client for signs of hyperkalemia, which finding initially will be noted in the client if hyperkalemia is present. So there'd be confusion, muscle weakness, mental status change, or decreased DTRs. And the answer that it showed whenever I looked up this question was muscle weakness. So, uh, confusion would be a sign of hypocalcemia. Mental status change would be a sign of also of hypocalcemia. And decreased DTRs would be a sign of hypermagnesemia. So again, the answer to this would be muscle weakness. Um, so, I can definitely try putting more of those, but it's already taking me hours to write notes. Um, but we'll see. So, I'll do another one on calcium um, and hypocalcemia and hypokalemia, calcemia, whatever, next.